Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Welcome to episode 25 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm your host, Andy's Mom, and I cannot believe I am on episode 25. It feels like such a huge milestone to me, and looking back over the last six months, I have really feel like I've accomplished a lot. I've gotten to speak to so many different people from so many different walks of life and different locations across the country. It has been very exciting for me and very, very healing for me. And I hope and pray that it's been healing for other people as well. This has been a big week for me in other ways. I have been on our local news twice, um, promoting the uh, Andrew Larson Memorial Concert that will be here in Grand Rapids on March 25th. We have sold out almost all of the tickets as of right now, which is so exciting. We are still over five weeks from the concert, and we never in our wildest dreams thought that we would be able to sell out the concert so quickly. So that is exciting. Um, Something that's not so exciting is the fact that we had our 18-month anniversary of Andy's death over this past weekend, and that was hard. I think even harder in some ways than I thought it was going to be. It is hard to know that I am closer to the two-year mark now than I was to the one-year mark. It is nice today to be able to speak with Anne Catherine's mom. I have been looking forward to this conversation for a long time because we first touched base many, many months ago. Uh, she also was in the Christmas episode, which I will bring up. Um, she's just a remarkable woman. And Anne Catherine was, again, a remarkable teenage girl. I seem to be doing a lot on teenagers. I think I'm drawn to them because of having teenagers of my own and losing a teenager. But she was uh, an amazing young lady, and I am glad I get to share her with all of you so you can learn more about Anne Catherine. Thank you so much, Wendy, for agreeing to come on the show today and tell us about Anne Catherine. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this one for quite a long time. So um, if people remember back to the holiday episode, there is a little bit of Anne Catherine on that. So if you mm-hmm. don't get enough of Anne Catherine today, go back to that December episode and you're going to he- can hear a cool story about the wreath. So as a just reminder, she was the wreath story and we had a cool picture <laughs> of her there. So... Anyway, welcome, Wendy, and uh, let's get started having you tell me and tell us all about Anne Catherine. Okay. Um, Anne Catherine was my youngest child. I didn't think I'd be upset already. um, That's okay. She had two two older brothers, so she had two older brothers and then her, and I had all my children very purposefully, like really close together, Mm -hmm. I just had easy pregnancies. And I thought it was so fun, like easy pregnancies, easy babies. I could have just kept on going. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, when I brought Aunt Catherine home from the hospital, she had two older brothers and the oldest brother was two. Oh, wow. So I pretty much had, yes, I had like a two-year-old, a one-year-old and a newborn. Oh my But like goodness. pretty, you know, he, she was born in January and then her brother did turn three in, in February. Um, but I did love, I had a month like her whole life where people would say, well, how old are your children? I could be like five, six and seven. You know? 
<laughs> they feel like, look, you know, I made it. Um, but it was, it was really fun. I just, I loved having kids that age, like everything, the grocery store was an adventure, you know, and they were, it was just fun. And she, of course, coming behind that was like super flexible and super easy and super fun. And she, um, was tough, you know, cause she had sure. to keep, you know, she wanted to be doing what her brothers were doing. Yeah. And I was like really proud of her. She, I got her like potty trained before she was two. She could ride a two wheeler at three. I was just, it's not, not like I was pushing her, you know, but she wanted to keep up. Sure. And, um, and she, she did. <laughs> and, um, so really, you know, like, and I, she, I think she was sporty and good at sports, not because she was so like talented, but just compared to like other girls, she get knocked on her butt and jump up, you know, because <laughs> she was just used to, like they were physical, like right. having children together. So anyway, she was super fun. And even like early on, I guess I thought like to describe her, I mean, just a, a kind heart, a fun, tough, but kind hearted girl. Like I was thinking about preschool because I happened upon this picture the other day as just one example of early in her life. Cause she's a very social, oh, she's always been very social. And she, there was a boy in her preschool class who was adopted from Russia. And he was like a head shorter than, he was like little and he was a head shorter than everybody else and didn't talk much. And um, she led that boy around the whole entire year of preschool, <laughs> like his little, like, come on, you know, in, in a sweet way, like look mm -hmm. out for him mm -hmm. to make sure he was included and happy and for, I don't know. So that's just like, that's the kind of kid she was. And even like, as she, um, grew up even in, I can't say, I mean, she was a high school girl, you know, the drama, she wasn't perfect, don't get me wrong, but, <laughs> and I can't say like, she was 17 and a half when she passed away. And I, I can't say that was my favorite stage with her. Like if, if I know you have had a girl that age, but, yes. <laughs> um, but I she have still a girl was, that age right now. So yes. Yeah. I mean, she was sweet. She was like a good friend to everybody. And and her strengths were not academic, whether that had to do with like the epilepsy and the medicine, like she, she wasn't a student, but she loved going to school. She loved seeing her friends. She um, volunteered with the EC kids. I don't know, do they turn, use that term where you live? Mm -mm. The, um, it's like the, I don't know, special education is like the old term. Um, but you know what I mean? The, the kids with disabilities in our school, she would like volunteer with them. And I guess, right, this is like one, story that happened it happened because like i said she she struggled in school she she was gonna go to college but um you know she struggled with the sat all that stuff but i always wanted her to know that that you just try your best that's not important you know like yeah. you're great whatever just do your best it doesn't matter if you if your grades are average or you don't do on the sat you will find something that you can do that you will love and it's gonna be fine you know so um, like maybe this is probably the week before she died. I was playing a tennis match with a woman who I hadn't seen and Catherine and her daughter played soccer when they were like in middle school. So now they're all in high school. So I bump into this woman and she says, she asked how Anne Catherine was. I'm like, Oh, she's doing great. It was like the first year of school. So we're talking about our girls. And she said, you know, um, some of the girls they played together with on that soccer team weren't always nice. to this woman's daughter, she said, but Anne Catherine was always looked out for her, always included her, was always like kind to her. So that, and Anne Catherine died on a Saturday. So I think that must have been like a Tuesday or Wednesday that same week. And I was so glad that I came home and said, Anne Catherine, this woman told me this. And like, <laughs> nothing would make me, like, that makes me so proud of her. Like, right. and I'm just glad that. Because it was, you know, tumultuous, like that, like going into senior year, like she was always pushing limits, but I'm just really glad that I bumped into that woman, that she told me that story, and I came right home and told Aunt Catherine oh. that that's, you know, that that's the good stuff, like that's more important. And that's what mattered, um, right? Yeah, yeah, and she was, so I know, she was like funny and social, She and this will come up later, she was like not a worrier, here she had this epilepsy, and you never knew when you were gonna like have a seizure. She had them at school, she had them with friends. And I know like a lot of times kids, and you might know this from your practice, mm -hmm. along with epilepsy, you get anxiety and depression. And you know, oh, I could, to me, it would have been normal to be like 
for her to tell me like, well, I can't go back to school. All those kids saw me, you know, but she really never said that. A lot of kids are, that's a blessing not to. Yeah. She barely missed any school. She didn't really, um, worry about it. And, um, and another good thing, which is just funny. I'm just trying to give you background. Yeah. She was going to go to college. We had a college picked out and, um, she took the SAT once junior year and she had all these extra accommodations, like what they, you know, the rich people in California were paying <laughs> people to get. Like she could take the SAT over like two days, right? Right. And um, so she did that the first time junior year and she thought that she was like that ruined Friday and Saturday night and Saturday and Sunday day. She's like, that was the worst. So, so when it was time to take the SAT, I'm like, let's do it one more time. She was like, I just want to take it in one day. I don't even want to. Yeah, I just had to encourage her, like, no, use your time, use your time, pace yourself. This is really like a, a important, a great, to- an, yeah, important to take advantage of this accommodation. But sure enough, she like blew through it in one day. Um, she, I remember we got those scores back. This is just the second time she took it, and I said, "Well, your scores came. Do you not want to know what they are?" And she was like, um, "I really don't." <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and then like the the August before she died, we were going on like a college tour and she was going to have like an interview, I thought. And I was like, Anne Catherine, they might ask you what your SAT scores are. And it's going to be a little strange for you to be like, I don't know. Yeah. Do you want me to tell you what they are? She was like, "Mm, let me think about that. So another, like another wonderful thing that speaks to her personality is in this age of anxiety, she died without knowing her SAT scores. Really? <laughs> she was just like, I don't even know. I mean, so it's funny, but um, I think that kind So of you describes... opened them and you knew, but she didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I never told her. She didn't want to know. Fine. I won't tell you. Were they, <laughs> did they improve I... from her junior year? Just a little bit. Yeah. Taking them out <laughs> just... a day. All right. <laughs> And I'll, and I'll die with that secret too, you know? Oh yeah. I'm not <laughs> asking you what they I'm... were. I just wondered if yeah, they went up. So, <laughs> so anyway, she was, she was fun. She was social. She, um, she really lived. She had a full 17 and a half years. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really, am I'm glad about that. She had, like I said, she, she went to like the first week of senior year. And then it was that weekend when she passed away and she had a really fun summer and, um, I mean, and she, she traveled lots of places in her short life. She'd been to on a mission trip to Kenya where she got to go on a safari and another trip to Guatemala. We took a huge trip out West. Um, so anyway, I'm just, I'm grateful for that, that yeah. she really saw a lot of places and that is awesome. And it yeah, was just yeah. this past fall, right? For August, her? it was Labor Day, Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. She had like one one week school started Tuesday and then it was um Saturday night of mm-hmm. of Labor Day weekend that she passed away so why don't you talk about that and exactly what happened okay. to her yeah yeah and so it will probably make it a little easier I'm backtracking she had she was diagnosed with epilepsy as a well, I guess as a kindergartner we noticed um um like spacing off periods mm-hmm. And eventually got a diagnosis of petite mal seizures, mm-hmm. which is just like, it's another word for that is absent. And I know you know, but yeah, for your audience, like seizures, you're just yeah. staring off into space for 10 seconds and then you come right back and you might not have a memory of that 10 second period, but it's, it's not a big deal. No. Um, but, and, and most kids don't even realize it's happened. They just like, yeah, you so can she go and you're talking mid sentence, you stop. And you're yeah. look, you know, yeah. 10 seconds. And then after those 10 seconds, you will just continue on where you were really having no idea that something happened. And everyone's looking yeah. at you like, yeah. what were you, what was just happening? So it's not yeah. that the average person wouldn't realize that's even a seizure, actually. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we didn't at first either, but they're happening so frequently. Well, this is funny. The first, since you're a pediatrician, the first time I mentioned it to a pediatrician, we were like, maybe we were in for an ear infection or it wasn't her regular doctor. So I mentioned it and the pediatrician told me, and I haven't forgotten this. She was like, oh dear, you just need to stay off the internet. I was like, what? Oh. Like, she, she thought, <laughs> like the pediatrician thought I was just like, I don't know, looking for things to worry about or something. I was like, hmm. Okay. And so then we, we had another appointment and I mentioned it to like her regular pediatrician. I probably had a more of a relationship with me. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, let's get an EEG and sure enough, I am diagnosed. So 
she got on medicine for that. It wasn't, didn't seem like that big a worry. The medicine worked fine. Oh, good. Um, she carried on through like kindergarten, first grade, second grade, but had her first grand mal seizure in second grade. Um, and, and, um, so that started a second medicine for the different kind of seizures, but it still, it didn't seem like a great worry because doctors were always like, um, oh, well, we'll try this medicine. We'll find the right dosage and it'll be fine. And, and, and most children with epilepsy, I'd say, I don't know, 60, 70%, the medicine works and you live a normal life. Mm-hmm. But there, she, unfortunately, like, um, you know, medicine might seem to work and then she'd have another grand mal seizure. We'd add another medicine. Doctors were always very like reassuring to me, like, we'll find the right medicine. There are but just she so many still... to choose from, actually. You kind of yeah. feel like so many to choose from. And, yeah. Yeah. And different side effects. In her life, she had tried six different ones. At the time she died, she was on like four different ones, which was kind of a lot. But yeah. um, we were, you know, trying to add one or decrease one mm-hmm. and, and just find the right balance. So anyway, I, it, it became more of a, and she used to have them like maybe a couple times a year. At the time of her death, they were kind of like once a month. And, um, you know, she really wanted to be able to get a driver's license. I was worried about her going to college and her safety, you know, when I wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't there and she wasn't surrounded by people that, that knew her so well, like she is in our hometown. So, um, so anyway, I'm getting long winded. But I, I was worried about the epilepsy. We had taken her this summer instead of just going to like the teaching hospital close to us with his UNC, I took her up to NYU to like a top ranked epilepsy center. And we were just, we were real hopeful. Like here's this doctor's wrote a book and he's knows all this stuff. Like maybe he'll have great ideas. And he just offered like another medicine. And that's what we were trying. We were supposed to follow up with him. I guess that appointment was the end of July. And so she was dead a month later, but so anyway, so at the time we were hopeful but then I think three weeks after that appointment, she had another seizure. But, but the gist was, I'm getting at, is she, I was, as, as the teenage years settled in, and she was more wanting more independence from me and going out with friends and doing things kids that age do. You know, I know she drank some and she loved to have a sleepover and stay up late with her friends. And mm-hmm. I could notice, like, and Catherine, like you, you're having your seizures on Saturday morning mm-hmm. after you have us spend the night with your friend. Yeah, because there are a lot of different triggers for that. And your seizure threshold, that's the, you know, what you need to kind of get a seizure can really be lowered and you can get more seizures if you haven't gotten enough sleep or really just not kind of taking care of yourself in the perfect way, which is what teens do. I mean, do exactly mm -hmm. like she didn't have the frontal lobe development to be like, okay, I can't. Mm -hmm. Because they don't until you're like in your mid 20s. So. And I never, I always wished a doctor, I feel like the doctors we had were always so like comforting and reassuring and like, it'll be okay. But I kind of wanted somebody to say, listen, can you tell her she's got to (laughs) sleep regularly and she can't do what her friends are doing. She can't, the doctor at NYU was really, did tell her you have to get sleep Mm-hmm. And you you can't have more than two drinks. I mean, I know she shouldn't have been drinking at all, but but um. So I was really with her. I was like, you need. We need to talk about this. You need to be honest, you know, with yeah. what you're doing, so we can keep a seizure calendar and figure this out, like what your limits are and what you have to. So well, especially so she if pretty, she had wanted a driver's license. I know in Michigan you yeah. have to be six months seizure free to get a driver's license, yeah. and and here and here it's a year, and that's a, seems like a great law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, so anyway, it was yeah. she. The first week of, of senior year, it was like Friday night of Labor Day weekend. She had all these friends over. She went out to a party. Um, she was just so excited. It was senior year. Um, mm-hmm. It was going to be great. And she was out really late Friday night. She was supposed to be home at like 12, but she kept calling to say, well, so-and-so, I need to help so-and-so there. Her friends left her and she's sick. She was like kind of making up stories, you know? Right. I realized later. So she got home past curfew. And I sat her down. She seemed like fine to me, but I was like, were you drinking? She's like a little bit, you know, and um, I just kind of was like, you have to, you know, I gave her a little mini lecture, but it wasn't like that, you know, she was like, sorry, you know, (laughs) it wasn't like a big fight just because I didn't want to come down too hard and cut down like communication with her, you know, and we were very, because that's so huge, right? You, you don't want her to start lying to you because then then you're in trouble. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So, um, so what happened? So then she, and then she had like three friends spend the night. So these girls, and they were up, they were like making TikToks. You know what that is? Like, Mm-mm. anyway, I could just hear, they're like these funny music. Oh yeah. She had yeah. These okay. friends, and I think they, they were up till like three or four in the morning. I kept like being like, Hey Catherine, you gotta go to sleep. <laughs> right. Um, so I mean, she, girl worried me to death. So, and here's the thing in the morning, my husband and I were going, out of town like to a football game it was like a three-hour drive um so we had these plans and Anne Catherine wasn't going with us because she had to work she was a lifeguard at the pool she worked like two to eight and then she was going to go spend the night at a friend's house mm-hmm. so you know she probably slept till noon so in her mind she was like yeah I was up till three or four in the morning but I slept till 12 you know? yeah <laughs> which, so we're good yeah which really no it really should be like regular sleeping at the same time but again that's really not wasn't going to happen in college you know, yeah. like if I couldn't get her to do it at home. So, so she got up, you know, she slept late, called me, you know, we were at this football game. She, she went to work and I got a call like at four o'clock and she had a seizure at work and she was fine. And her, her boss is like a dear friend that has known her since she was little. Like she, I was almost like glad, like, you know, cause she called me and she was like, yeah, you know, she was fine. And I said, do you think maybe it has something to do with um, staying up to four in the morning and, and drinking? <laughs> you know, I kind of wanted, yeah. you know, so her to learn. Let's get the little insight here. Mm-hmm. Your limits here. And she's like, yeah. And so she like went home and like took a nap and her friend stayed with her for a little while. Her friend picked her up, gave her a ride home, stayed with her for a little while. She slept. And then she kind of like, um, she called me like seven. She was waiting for her other friend to get off work at eight that she was going to spend the night with. And she said, mom, can I just stay at home? I'm tired. I don't feel well. I don't want to like pack up my stuff and go spend the night someplace else. Can I just spend the night at home? So she was home alone, but it's not like she couldn't be alone, you know, like, I mean, I constantly worried about that, you know, (laughs) but, um, you know, I could see where her location was. She's like, I'm just going to stay home. I want you anything. I'm just going to sleep. So I said, that's fine. So I gave her that permission. My husband agreed. And then, um, but somewhere around, we were with my son, her oldest brother at this football game. I mean, it was, what's weird about it is I remember it was such a fun football game and fun evening. We went out to dinner and, but I started, we got back to the hotel and I started like checking on her and her like little locator button on her phone was like ping pong. It didn't show her at home. It was like ping pong between these two places. And I started to worry and her friends were kind of worried about her too. Cause she hadn't like been on Snapchat for two hours, which wasn't like her, you know? So, so her friends were worried about her and hesitating to call me. And I was worried about her. I was in Charlotte, North Carolina. She was in Wilmington. And so I forget if her friends called me or I called them, but it was almost like simultaneous. I was like, yeah, go over there and check on her, please. Mm -hmm. And um, I told them where the key was. And these two wonderful girls came to my house and found her in the bathtub and she had drowned because she, I think she, she probably thought this. And somebody said to me, my sweet sister-in-law, but I was kind of a little bit maybe mad. She's like, well, I bet she probably took baths all the time. And you just didn't know. I'm like, no, you know, I knew what the kid was doing. <laughs> like I was yeah. pretty far in her business. And I even asked her friends, they're like, no, like we would have known too. Cause she would have been like in the bathtub Snapchatting us, <laughs> you know? So, so I, I just think like that, that she loved a bath and she wasn't allowed to take them, mm-hmm. you know? Or I told her like a couple of times in her teenage years, I'm like, well, look, you take a bath. I'll be right outside the door. Every time I say your name, you have to answer back. Okay. And so we would, she was like, well, that was not relaxing at all. So she never did that again. But um, I think she figured I already had a seizure today. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have another one. Yeah. This bath because is going to feel really she good. Didn't really. Right. I mean, that wasn't only one. Um, yeah. Only one time did she ever have two in one day. And she probably didn't remember it. It was four years ago, you know, and that it was definitely, that was a rarity. Usually it used to be once, a, once or twice a year. More recently it was like once a month, you know? So yeah, it was very, I, I don't think she meant herself any, I'm sure she thought, well, I've had mine this month, right? And in her (laughs) not greatly developed frontal lobe, she's thinking this risk is super low, you know, because obviously teens take risks. So she was taking risks when she was, you know, drinking, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they all kind of do that. Mm -hmm. But in her mind, this was an extremely low risk thing to take a bath. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and then she wasn't a worrier. 
which yeah. I think was a blessing, like mm -hmm. that she had this epilepsy that didn't let her, didn't keep her from doing anything. She didn't worry about it, you know, like, and, but that was also kind of her demise, right. you know, like it, it helped her live the 17 and a half years she had, but sometimes I, I was like, I wish she worried a little bit. <laughs> right. You know, or she, or I'd even say that with the school stuff, she was so like, there's so much, you know, there's like so much anxiety today with right. teenagers and you're always reading about and always hearing about and parents are always worried about, oh my kids, like, I was like, uh, can we use a little bit of that? <laughs> Just like, so I see it like, all the time. I can tell study. you that. Yeah. And so I, I didn't, and now looking back, like, cause you know, I wanted her to get better grades and do this, this, I like, couldn't, she have a little anxiety, but now I'm, I'm so, you know, that doesn't matter. And you know, yeah. certainly now. So, um, yeah. so anyway, that's what happened. And then I guess to summarize, so her friends found her, I was in this hotel room three hours away with my husband and, and so they, these two girls called me just screaming, you know, yeah. um, I didn't really understand what was going on. They were just saying, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. And so I said, like, call 911. But at this point, I, I didn't really know what, that's just what I told them to do. Yeah. Um, but then, and I just, so I hung up and then they, I just waited. And my husband was like fast asleep. He never worried either. Like I couldn't really fall asleep till I'd heard from her. Right. Mm -hmm. But he was um, fast asleep. And then, um, one, I think the girls, they called 911, then they called their mom, their mom came right over, and then that mom, I believe she's the one that called me, and just hysterical, and, and I think, finally, the paramedics got it, anyway, so, but my, the long story is that I woke up, you know, I had to wake up my husband and be like, I believe in Catherine's dead, yeah, I mean, it was, it was very surreal, and then we had to, like, pack up our little rolly bags, it was like 11 o'clock at night, and leave this hotel and drive back three hours in the car you know oh my word. and um that we came back so and horrible. it was horrible I mean I don't, we were pretty silent you know just in shock and I guess I called she's, like I said she's got two older brothers one goes to college in our hometown and the other one goes to college just a couple of hours away from our hometown so so that's when you were visiting him yes mm -hmm. so more 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 yeah more or less so he was with us and he was at a friend's house, but I, I guess I texted them both. I said, call me when you wake up. Uh, yeah. Call me when you wake up in the morning. I didn't want them to know anything. And I told her friends, don't put anything on social media about this. You know, I didn't want yeah. um, my sons to learn from something like that. So we, I didn't hear from my oldest, whose name is Mac. Um, but while we were driving home, like at 1am, my son, Dean, who's the middle, like, closer to her age, he, um, got my text and was like, Hey, what's up? You know, not in the wildest dreams expecting. Cause you're still I'd in say, the car. You know, driving home. Yeah. We're still in. The, and so he called over in the car and I, I told him, I'm not gonna um, lie. You know, I, I couldn't not tell him. So he sure. was hysterical. And I said, just, we have to go by the hospital. That was the protocol. Like, even though there was nothing, you know, she wasn't here. They took her to the hospital, even though she was deceased. And we had to like go there and meet with people, right? So I just told my son to like wait at the house. And after we go to the hospital, we'll come home. But then he couldn't, he was, I mean, poor kid. He was like, I, he eventually called, he's like, can I just please meet you at the hospital? He's like, I want to see you as soon as possible, mm -hmm. you know? So he, he had two friends. And then he, well, here's another thing, like funny, not funny. But so we saw him at the hospital. We did all the stuff at the hospital. We didn't even get to see her there because they, sealed the body and had to do an autopsy but you know this they were as nice as they could be there and then we were leaving the hospital and I was with my son and he had his like brand new girlfriend of two months who was visiting from out of town like that she was just really welcomed to the family with you know it was like pretty heavy yeah. for that but she was she was great and his friends so he had his friends and he was going to go home and we were going to our house so I told him I said Dean make sure don't put anything on social media about this till I can tell Mac and he was like oh I already did <laughs> so, so oh he put <laughs> I mean this very sweet this picture of him and his little sister on Instagram which was that was that's what people do but I was like oh my gosh so <laughs> before so I think somebody a friend of my older son's who was studying abroad so in an earlier time zone so my son Mac woke up early in the morning to a text from somebody saying I'm so sorry for your loss. He's like, huh? You know, so oh, no. anyway, so he, 
So he was like, he thought like his grandfather died six months earlier. He was like, well, that's a little late. But so he wasn't sure what was going on, but he called, we told him and he had to drive back from Charlotte, you know, by himself. By himself. Oh. Yeah. So pretty, but he told me like, like other people told me, he just kept calling people. Like he kept stayed on the phone with like, um, mostly like my husband's friends that he's close to and other, you know, so he, oh, that's he anyway, so that's, Anyway, so that was kind of, that, that was the, that was what happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That reminds me of when we were at the hospital and our pastor said, you need to tell your family, you need to tell people because it's going to be on the news. And, um, and you know, it was like, it's going to be on the nightly news and you have to do this because it's hard because you don't want to. I mean, it's so hard yeah. to make that phone call to your parents and your siblings and all that family that have no idea that you know you're you know so yeah yeah and I mean in one throughout this whole thing is as many vices and evils of social media and all that I think insert to me like just all the pictures that people have been able to share and just at least I had to call my my family but a lot of people who you know, you can't call everybody, but people just knew right away that weren't like family who I had to call mm -hmm. probably because of, I don't know, like social media and the ease of communication, but I, which sounds weird, but I just felt so much support from so many people Yeah, right away. You didn't have to keep explaining the thing over well, and over again. Yeah. And that's just, hard. You know, every time you had to say yeah. it, I think about all the times I had to say it at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I remember every single person I called, my words yeah. were we've been in an accident, Andy's dead. And every single person said, what? And I had to yeah. say it again, because it was so hard to say it the first time, than to say it yeah. again. It's just like, really? My brother-in-law, I had to say it three times to him, because he said what twice, because I think I woke him up or something. But yeah, because it's just disbelief. It's, it's not what anybody it's yeah, it's just absolute expects disbelief. The, mm -hmm. the young person to just be gone. You know. Yeah, I think my nurse, when I called her, she said what? And then she literally dropped the phone because she was at the baseball game that we were supposed to be at. And so then a different nurse picked up the phone oh. and said, what's going on? And then I had to say, and yeah. I think I didn't have to say she didn't say what because she knew it was bad when, you know, the first one dropped the phone. So, yeah, but yeah. That's, and I mean, nothing's it, nothing can be worse than losing your child. But I do. I just. I just think when I think about an, an accident, like what happened to Andy and I have a friend in town who came over very quickly to, well, she's not even that close to a friend, but she knew, she knew what I needed because she had lost her child mm -hmm. and her child died at summer camp because oh, wow. somebody like hooked up the zip line wrong. Oh, so my word. Wow. I just think like there's not like an, an accident. I think I would be so much more mad, like, I like angers. I've never had a ton of anger about it just because it wasn't some, like she did have the epilepsy, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm not going to be mad at her. I mean, I'm a little bit like the only time, like I, I've only had like one dream. The only time I really felt her speaking to me, mm -hmm. it was like maybe a couple of days after she passed away. And I was like pissed. I was a little pissed at her. Like, why did you take the back? Yeah. And it was like a dream, but not a dream because I don't think I was asleep. But it was like she was there and she was like, I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> like I really felt her oh. say that to me. So anyway, so I, my heart goes out to people whose kids were like alive and well and in a terrible accident, you know, like, you know, it's there. Are, it's just horrible all around. It doesn't even really matter. You know, I've yeah. talked to so many different moms and dads and with so many different circumstances and there are good things and bad things about both right about yeah. anything so and probably it's like some of my coping and maybe this is it's warped just to think like the epilepsy was getting worse it wasn't getting better you know yeah and we were struggling to control it and I was terrified about her going to college and like what if and I guess I was looking back at some papers, her IQ had dropped mm -hmm. a good bit, either from the medicine or the seizures. And 
Uh, likely a combination, and, right? Yeah. And I'm like, what if she didn't like, she wanted to marry a rich man and have kids and drive a Lexus. I mean, like, all this, yeah. like, this. like what if she wasn't going to be able to do those things? Cause the epilepsy kept getting worse and her life, like a sweet woman that I work with shared with me and she probably thought this helped me for not the reason it did help me, but she said, Oh, you know, my daughter has epilepsy. She's 42. Um, she still has some seizures, but now we have a seizure dog for her. She lives with us and she works at Lowe's Home Improvement. They're really great, like employing people with disabilities. So, I mean, that oh yeah, that sounds great. And I, I'd give anything to have Aunt Catherine still here working at Lowe's Home Improvement for the rest of her life. But that then she would be depressed. Like that wouldn't be, like if her life was going to, you know, then she would be depressed, <laughs> I think. You know, she, and then I guess somebody else was telling me they had a, I work at a hospital and they, they said they were working with a newborn that had disabilities and the mom had epilepsy. So she couldn't be left alone with her own child. Oh. Like at that, at that early stage, because if you drop the newborn, right? right? Like maybe eventually if the child was older, but that's another, like sometimes you're like, that would be, yeah. that would make her so unhappy, you know? And I mean, and having, she want to have kids? Like what if that might not have been a possibility for her either if, if the medicine, the risk of them, I don't mm -hmm. know. So these, this is my help, how I help myself, I think, to accept it a little bit, to be like, you know what, better to have 17 and a half. I mean, not, you know, you know what I mean. Oh, I mean, I'd I give her anything mean. to have her here, but, well, and I think something you said in your post about Andy's year and a half anniversary was like, there's, yeah, there's something to be said for like, she will not know a lot of hardships that she, you know, like that yeah. she might have known, you know, like, yeah, I'll just remember her joyful and full of life and without really any struggles other than like what to wear to the party. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Lots of happy memories. So. Yeah. Well, that's good. But yeah, that's what, yeah, I just wrote about just the other day because we just had the 18 month anniversary that, yeah, I certainly expected to be with him through those hard times through those challenges yeah. and yeah. I'm glad he didn't have to have them but on the other hand what I wouldn't give to hug to him through him. his first, yeah. first heartbreak right I mean I would yeah. love that and also I think it was Connor's mom was talking about senior year being hard mm -hmm. and so this was our senior year right. and there's so and I still I mean I'm so there are so many kids her her friends that I'd love and I and I want to hear about them and I want to, you know, where they're going to college, what everybody's plans are, but it's such, there's so much going on this year, you know, that it's a whole, you know, like. Oh, it's hard. Doing. Yeah. But yeah. So <laughs> I know I had Andy's best friend's mom say to me just the other day that he misses us, his friend and would like to see us, but then I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. If I can handle that very well, because, yeah. you know, and that that has helped me like and this, it probably sounds weird, but her, her friends, like, I love them, too, you know, yeah, and you're, you're, um, you know, I was close to them. So I was like, please, and it's fizzled a little bit, but I was like, please call and let me know how you're doing. And let's go out to eat. And mm. I, I got a bunch of her like prized possessions and like, had some of her friends out to eat and gave like, here, take her favorite earrings and her favorite purse and her favorite shoes and like gave them some stuff that oh. I knew, like I had enough stuff to remember her by. Mm -hmm. And it's, but this wasn't stuff like this. I would want somebody to enjoy it, not to end it up at the goodwill. You know, and I still had plenty of her stuff and I, she had a lot of stuff. So <laughs> I shared some of it with her friends and, you know, a couple of times her friends have, you know, one girl in particular was like, really upset about something her mom wasn't available so she came over to talk to me and I don't know like I, well, I love that so nice I, though to feel yeah. useful in that way I think yeah I mean because an another thing about my situation which I think has been really hard is just to like I said I loved being a mom like it was the best mm -hmm. and then and Anne Catherine was probably my most time-consuming child yeah. <laughs> not in a bad way like I still had to drive everywhere and she was she was almost like cocky about it. She's like, oh my gosh, you're going to miss me so much when I go to college. You're obsessed with me. Like she's saying, like she was kind of making fun of me, but, um, 
I'm glad she was very confident in my love for her. So, but well, like good. all of a sudden now I'm like, I was already worried about having an empty nest and now it's like tragically here, you know, like, yeah, it's just, and me, really me and my husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's been kind of, kind of hard. <laughs> and that's another thing that's like having the kid with a chronic illness, like in some ways, I had like there was probably a bit of I wouldn't say the PTSD, but like probably a little. I was always like a little anxious. Not if she if she if we were together, and I know she was right there for me. It's fine, but like I don't know, you know, like that fight or flight corticosteroid. <laughs> like like I was always kind of if she was out with friends, I was always kind of worried. Or she would ride her bike to work because she couldn't drive. Right. Like I'd be at work, she'd be right now. I was like, well, text me when you get there. I mean, was it safe for her to ride her bike to work? I mean, not a hundred percent, but but I didn't feel like I could. And you had to let her live a life though. Exactly. Exactly. But so, so I guess now that she's gone in a way, like I have (laughs) no less worries. I still worry about my sons and and more free time. And I I think of that song, (laughs) like, like from Sinead O'Connor, like, really old song back from like the 90s it's like since you've been gone i can do whatever i want oh yeah but but nothing compares to you <laughs> so yeah. i mean it's, it's not at all a song about grief but that that one line makes me yeah think about her you know like definitely let i'm you know i probably sleep better <laughs> you know, which doesn't make any sense but yeah um, but well you, you had know, a constant so. worry yeah, I mean, you yeah, constant, yeah like, like we worry. all worry about our kids, mm-hmm. which and which is, but anyway, but this is funny, kind of to start talking about like her service and stuff. Like, I don't know how this came to my husband, but he, he's a big reader of the Bible, and um, he right away thought of this Bible verse that he thought just typified Anne Catherine, and he made these bracelets that we have ten thousand of. Wow, <laughs> or constantly giving them out. Um, maybe maybe just a thousand, I forget, but it says AC's gifts. And then the verse is Matthew six twenty seven, and NIV. He liked the new international version. Okay. So the verse is who of you, who among you by worry can add even a single hour to your um, life. Mm-hmm. So, which is a nice verse. So that's what he's, that's what, for my husband. That's Anne Catherine's gift to people, you know, to, to not worry. to realize it all yeah that all the worrying you do is it's not gonna add any time to your life you know so and it's very funny so. in some ways andy was quite the opposite of ann catherine because he was constantly worrying and constantly mm-hmm. anxious and that's why we always chose for his bible verse be still and know that i'm god <laughs> to help him remember yeah. to be still yeah. and not worry and not be anxious because yeah. that's what um happened all the time and i got 30 of those bracelets but not (laughs) bracelets to say be still (laughs) we have a long way to go to get up to a thousand or ten (laughs) thousand i think it must just be a thousand but that's my like well so this to me this is that versus Anne Catherine's gift to others when she was alive i would have found a verse that said like work hard and do your best (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, but, well, Andy's gets to be the same both ways, so he gets the same one yeah. before and after. But she did have, a, um, if you want to talk, you talk about the service. She did have her service was two weeks after she um, passed away because there was a hurricane. It, it was like to me, it was like it was very good for me how it played out. Like it happened on a Saturday. We got back into town. I had such an outpouring of support from friends like it made me realize like gosh I I don't think I was a very good friend (laughs) for people that had experienced loss Mm -hmm. even I can't say I was close to anybody who'd lost a child before but people just showed up and just seemed to know exactly what I needed and that was great like that's beautiful um, I told my family to to wait to come like my parents um but I had a ton of support and then a hurricane came and it wasn't a bad hurricane. We didn't even lose power. But, like, I had all these people here, and then kind of everybody went home. So I was, like, alone, and I spent a lot of time, like, making the slideshow and making a, a song list that I listened to a lot, like, favorite songs of, of both of ours that I would listen to. And, and I guess when we prepared for the service and stuff like that, and then the service was the next following weekend. So I just liked that, like, 
a huge bunch of support and then some time to myself and then prepared for the service. And people came, lots of people came from out of town and um, in town. And she just had a rather untraditional, we we belong to a church that's like a new contemporary church. It's like huge. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess I call it a mega church. Yeah. (laughs) But we um, have plenty of those around here too. Yeah. Yeah. And, And my husband, especially, and it's pretty close with the pastor and he just, and that's another thing, you know, how I not really even crossed my mind to plan a service for one of my children. So it, I was like, where do we even start? Yeah. But it was, but, you know, I mean, you probably had this too, like the people who it's their job, like they knew just what we needed to do. And just, the, he did a great job with the service. And Catherine had some friends that sang and participated in it. But I think there were like, the church holds like 1800 people. Oh, wow. And I think it was there were probably some seats, but it was, it was quite, quite full, um, which was tremendous. And, and then I guess we did, we said that Anne Catherine wouldn't want a bunch of, so we put it in the obituary and put it out there to wear, um, colorful, casual clothes and flip flops, <laughs> which, which my mom was a little, she didn't understand that. She was like, how can I wear colorful clothes to a funeral? But, but she did. And, um, and then we had, a big party at our house afterwards. Um, So with like, I guess we had a a band, we had like some of her favorite foods, like there's a hot dog place that's at the beach where we live. And we had like a couple hot dog carts, some pizza from this place at the beach, um, a band. And I don't know, like, so it was very traditional after a funeral. Any of those, the hot dog yeah. vendors, the pizza, <laughs> the band, like, yeah, what'd you play for the other day? Oh, we played oh. for a funeral. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and the band was cool because it was some dads. Okay. It was like dads of kids that were her age. And then my brother is a musician and he sang and some of her friends got up and sang. So like, it was just her friends. We were all like, Aunt Catherine would love this. <laughs> like, it was such a good such a great party so um and of course I was like I was sad you know I mean I I don't know I think and this is probably different I think it speaks to probably like my child was like me like I'm a I get strength from being around people Mm -hmm. and probably when I've been the saddest and had some good cries it's like when I'm alone which is fine you know and also I was also thinking if I do the wrong thing or forget somebody's like I'll get full forgiveness for like that's true if I'm if I needed to go away or if I started to cry like nobody's gonna be like well she wasn't very nice like no, nobody's gonna be critical of your behavior oh no you know, you know it's um, funny you're talking about putting together that slideshow and it just reminded me which I haven't really thought about this so some women from my bible study the one that I actually don't even know that well but she's a good friend of a friend put together the entire slideshow that was going through at um, at the visitation. And then again, we had a big reception too at um, this place called Frederick Meyer Gardens, which is this beautiful gardens. And they um, it was in their big reception hall. It's where they have wedding receptions and big mm-hmm. formal huge parties. And um, so we had it there. And they had this slideshow going through the whole time, some of which were some clips of him when he was on TV singing and like the choir. And and I have a copy of that on um like a little MP3. Never watched it. I've never watched it. So I didn't even oh, know. The slideshow. Uh-uh. I've never even seen the whole thing. And I feel like. Still now? Still now. 18 months later. Oh, I know funny. where the. I, would wake I up. know where the little. <laughs> thing is but i haven't looked at it myself so i haven't done it in a couple weeks but i would like wake up every morning and watch her slideshow and cry (laughs) like that was just part of my routine you know i'd listen to the playlist i made and i think i'm scared to because i'm afraid i'll just cry and not stop crying or something i don't know yeah 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 that's <laughs> there's no right or wrong and then what different we have different different folks uh funeral too. We had, I think, our church could fit about 400 people, I think. And um, and they there were people standing outside with the doors open trying to listen. And then several other people that I know just left that because they yeah. just couldn't they couldn't get in. They couldn't find a place to park. Yeah. They couldn't get in. And um, so my husband put it on YouTube, actually. So, so mm-hmm. 
people yeah. that couldn't come. And we actually had some family that came, but not a ton. Um, just so they would be able to watch. And I watched part of that video, but then I quit that too. So (laughs) it just gets to be too much. And and you you have it there. And I do have it. It will be there forever. Mm -hmm. I know one thing that you'll, and you'll think this is so weird too. Like my husband and I had, he likes to take some time off from work and travel. Mm -hmm. Just he, just he and I, even though we had kids, like even though Annie Catherine had her, you know, special attention she needed we would leave her with um an adult sitter like this woman who would stay with her at Anne Catherine and daughters so I guess uh, like a month and a half after we left my husband and I had a trip planned to um Paris oh wow like and it's always this fabulous trip we were looking forward to and in a way it was kind of good timing it's like we're exhausted it, the change of scenery would be nice mm-hmm. but then like that whole but then you're with, and it was like this river cruise. It was like, I don't know, let's say 40 couples all thrown together. Mm-hmm. Most of them older than us by a little bit. But, you know, people always ask. That was hard. I mean, I knew what we were getting into, but people were like, well, tell me about your family. And just like the different yeah. reactions, you know, and how you do, I don't know, like you do like it when people ask. Like, especially at first, especially on that trip, I wanted to talk I wanted to tell people about her. Yeah. And so you were a little upset when you just um, said, when somebody didn't even ask. Sometimes people don't even ask you about themselves, about yourself. They just like to talk about themselves. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Like now I know if I know somebody lost their dad or their child, like, well, tell me something about her. Mm-hmm. I think that would, you know, because you do want to talk about them. And then we were just on an, and I have people say, oh, say you have a, a 21 year old, a 20 year old and a 17 year old in heaven. But that like, that just seems so cliche for me at this point, I haven't been able to just pop out with that one. I know. And we were just on like, on, a, <laughs> on another trip and somebody who like, I knew I'd never see this woman again. It was like a very casual interaction. She said, well, how old are your kids? I just lied. <laughs> yeah. I just said, I said 18, 19 and 21. Yeah. And just pretending she was still alive. And really that felt good. <laughs> yeah. It is hard to know what to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that, and, and we went you on can't, these like, trips. not say, I mean, I know yeah. there are people that would just say, how many kids do you have? And, and you could just say, well, two, but the, then that seems so totally yeah. wrong. Like I can never yeah. say two. So then, and I've done, and I think I've done everything. I've tried this ones in heaven thing. I've tried the just saying to, I've tried to sing. So there's, again, there's no right or wrong. Yeah. Wrong but, thing, probably. You know, and then, forever 14 or whatever. <laughs> but and I feel like somebody else mentioned this in your podcast. Like, I can, I can have fun. I can be happy, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like a different, a different level of happiness. You know, like it's not the same happy that I probably was before, but. Like we went on this trip to Paris and we went on this other trip recently. I, I sound quite spoiled, but, and people, you'll come back be like, oh my God, your trip, I bet it was amazing. And you're like, well, yeah, yeah, it was good. <laughs> like nothing's um, amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, which uh, and again, people are being so nice, but I, I don't know. That's just a funny. Yeah. My husband nothing, and I Nothing's too, amazing anymore, you know? Right. My husband and I had our, um, what was it? Probably 20th wedding anniversary shortly after Andy died, right after Andy died. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple months, two, three months. And we had been planning on doing a pretty big trip because we usually like to do something for our anniversary we go away and do a little something a lot of times it's not much I mean one time we just went to the hotel downtown and spent the night but we always like to do something and so we decided to just drive to Niagara Falls it was winter time and the falls are pretty because they're all you know there's tons of ice on them and and Mm -hmm. so we went but and it was nice and we had some nice dinners and whatever but we also spent a fair amount of time crying <laughs> you know yeah, it's just because yeah. just no, nothing seems right and it's just sad yeah so, so you Doing went to Paris and you can. enjoyed yourself but you probably spent a fair amount of time crying too so yeah yeah and it's just different you know yeah it's just different um and I guess I was going to say about Christmas which is like so hard and I know other people on your podcast have said how hard it was and I know friends were worried about us at the holidays but 
again, this is probably kind of different, like being the empty nester. I was sort of like, well, at least it's Christmas and the boys will be home. That's better than like a Monday in November. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> me and my husband sitting around. Yeah. You know, so, so I was almost, I just loved having. I bet so. The boys around. I mean, know? that makes so perfect that, sense that that, that time was actually a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we didn't bury Ann Catherine. We just, we had her cremated mm -hmm. and she's still, <laughs> she's in her room right now. <laughs> like for a little while, she, we had her on display, like, but for the holidays, we, and this is just silly, but I think some of our coping is humor. Like we brought her to the Thanksgiving table, <laughs> the urn, and then she came to open presents with us. And well, I think we now nice. have an idea on what, what we're going to do with the ashes. My, my husband had, she loved the beach and we live near the beach and um, you can get a memorial bench oh, put up. Uh -huh. And so he has, he put up a bench with like, it says AC's gift and that, and the Bible verse. It's kind of like up on the dunes a little bit. And like, it's where you can sit and watch the sunset every night. And um, I think it might be against the rules, but I think we're going <laughs> to bury your ashes there. Mm -hmm with maybe not asking permission, but I mean, it's public. So I don't know how that's going to work, but I think that's what we're going to do. Cause it's a place we didn't want to visit a cemetery. I don't think our boys wanted to visit a cemetery. That's a place she loved and a place of beauty that we would like to go. Yeah. And visit and remember know. her. Right. I know yeah. a woman too, who's lost her son and um, they are struggling with what to do with those ashes, you mm -hmm. know, and, and he is married. So then his wife has input and all these people have input yeah. and whether you want to do something with him, whether you want to, like some people just want to keep them. And so it's, it's hard. It's hard, especially when you yeah. get more opinions involved too. So, yeah. you know, you kind of all as a family have to decide what you think is a good choice for yeah. you. Mm -hmm. And I guess we did, I had them, I never even saw her body, um, but I'm glad I did tell the man at the funeral parlor. He was like, you can see her if you want. Like they said, it would be like the people, I don't know how he worded it, but he said, it would be okay for you to see her. And I said, well, do you think I should? Like, I was worried that I'd rather have the image of the last time I saw her alive than, the, you know, I was worried and people are different. Again, most people couldn't rest until they saw them, but I was like, I'm not sure. Should I? And he said, well, she's been dead six days, you know, at this point. So he said, just, yeah, she's going to look different. So I said, I didn't want to see her, but I said, please cut some of her hair. She had beautiful blonde hair. I so um, I remember that picture that you gave shown uh, me several months ago. So beautiful. So beautiful. Oh, like, yeah, the, like the debutante thing. Yes, <laughs> the debutante like dress. Yeah, I yeah, love that. Yeah. yeah, so that was a beautiful picture. And that picture was taken, I might have told you this, Monday, the week before she died. Oh. It, it was like, it, the event wasn't until February, but they, they put on this dress and got these pictures. And that was like such a fun memory, that whole like getting the pictures taken with her, helping her get the dress on. And then she took the dress off and we, me and my husband and her went out to eat. That was like a really fun night with her. And, and I was, what a gift those pictures were. And then the woman who took them, of course, she, she was going to charge all this money to get a big huge picture. She just came after Anne Catherine passed away and brought me a huge, I mean, a huge um, pic portrait and the flash drive with all the poses. And she was like, and Catherine, when I when I was taking those pictures of her, I just felt her kind spirit. She she just like I remembered her, and I just felt what a wonder. I don't. She just said something so sweet, and it just meant it meant a lot to have that picture. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So just a, a lot of things. I don't know. Just seem just were just were good. Makes me like I don't have regrets. Like I don't know. Like I. We did have, a, she did have a good summer. We did have some sweet, sweet moments together. Yeah. I did, she knows how much I loved her. I did, we spent three weeks at the hospital at that epilepsy, not three weeks, three days, mm -hmm. just her and I at this epilepsy center in New York. Like she, I don't know, like it's nice to not have. Well, it's nice to not have regrets. Should have done right? this. I mean, yeah, I mean, I can come up with some and 
And I think it's, it can be hard on a marriage to lose a child, but I don't, I don't think anybody on your podcast, it seems like everybody's still, um, a couple, it seems like, but, um, I think it helps when there's not blame, you know, like it's not, mm-hmm. I can't say it's cause my husband didn't like, it's no one's fault. It's just tragic. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, in your case, it's that awful driver's fault but um you can't be mad at your spouse or no, something about no, it no right? i mean just... it was it was good when it was found to just be her fault 100 percent, because that would have been a struggle for him and a struggle for me yeah. had it been his fault right i mean that would have yeah. put more strain on especially on him i think if you yeah. had to feel yeah. that way. So responsibility. Yeah. yeah. So it was a little bit of a blessing. And I've talked to some people that that's not the case. And that would be an, another challenge to have to live through if you had to, you know, put that blame, mm-hmm. especially on yourself. So, wow. And I guess I was going to say we cremated her and like, as far as what to do with the ashes, we did save a little bit so each of us have our own little urn mini urn like her and her and not her oh my goodness me and my husband and their two brothers to kind of yeah just kind of in a little thing Mm -hmm. yeah so no matter what we decide to do with the bulk of them you know everybody will have yeah there's a little boy that i used to teach in bibles like a bible study and he's in my church and i remember one day him coming up to me shortly after his grandfather died and he like picked up this little necklace that he was wearing around his neck and he said my grandpa's in here (laughs) i was like oh gosh okay that's cool (laughs) but (laughs) it was neat for him that he got to have a little bit of his grandpa with him all the time around his neck but it was it was one of those just kind of odd things so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i know i have a thumbprint of andy that i have on a necklace that i wear every day and they do have some pretty cool ones that you can have ashes Mm -hmm. in. i know as well so and i guess i was thinking about her siblings like the the sibling loss thing and i think um maybe it's a little easier for my sons because they weren't day in and day out with her mm-hmm. since they were at school but then also like a little bit they might I wouldn't say they have guilt or regret but my one son has said I just thought like he's like I know I hadn't spent as much time with her lately because she was kind of like she was at an annoying age and they were at a everybody's at a very self-involved age right right um but they're like, I just thought she'd always be there, mm-hmm. you know, like you take for granted. So, I mean, that guess that's, and we did, we did have one really fun, like, I think it was August 11th, if I remember, the, a really fun all family day. Cause with them at college, you kind of need to be like, we're making a day where we, everybody has to show up and we're doing something together. Yeah, really we did have that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we did have a super duper fun day, all five of us, like out on the water doing it like a traditional, like putt-putt activity just like a week and a half before she died but I you know so I mean I I don't my poor sons I think especially one of them's like oh I wasn't there for her as as much in the end but they were they were wonderful brothers and she she adored them Mm -hmm. you know I'm just trying to let them know that and right lately I know I would I say you know, Andy couldn't have loved you more. And you could say, and Catherine couldn't have loved you more. Right. So yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Thanks for listening to losing a child. Always Andy's mom. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. We are always looking for new show ideas. If you'd like to be a guest, know someone who'd be a great guest, or have a show idea, please email us at marcy at andysmom.com. Be sure to visit the webpage, andysmom.com, for more content, including Marcy's blog. There you can also sign up to receive updates via email. Together, let's work to inspire hope, one day at a time.